Good evening, Patriots. And today is November 8th. On the Pacific Coast, we are ending the day. On the East Coast, you've already jumped into the next day. Good place to be the next day. Another day of voter fraud and low expectations. So there you go. But uh, before we begin, I'm going to, well, here, here's something for you just to think about. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, we can. That's all right. We can handle the truth. Hey, Patriots, you know, I've mentioned this. I'm just kind of dedicating this whole day in these in my promo slots to Mike Lindell for all that he's done for the nation. And it is truly a, an amazing thing that we've had a CEO of a company who has dedicated so much of his wealth in that company towards fighting for liberty. That's a rare thing. And the reason that happens is he's a man that truly has embraced Christ and walks as God leads him. He has spent millions and millions of dollars trying to bring the truth to the 2020 election. And to this day is still one of the few mega voices that's saying that we have to fix 2020 before we go forward. And it's the truth. So with that, keep in mind that the best way we can support him and at the same time send a signal to everybody else that this is the type of CEO and company that we want in America is to support the products that he offers. And that's why we have the Bards page on MyPillow. It's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. We have a promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. And this is really a good opportunity to, even if you have pillows, I'm assuming at this point everybody has about 10 my pillows and probably 20 my pillow sets of sheets or something. I know I've got a lot. But this is really a good time to buy a pillow, buy some sheets, or buy a blanket or something like that. Buy some towels for somebody in need. We are in a time right now when we really need to be looking at who needs our support. And we have to live the walk that Christ would want us to do. And I can't think of a better company to purchase from that supports in so many causes, that has great quality products, and at the same time be able to get the things that we can help others with. And there are plenty of people in need right now. We have a heightened amount of robberies and theft going on in food stores all over the country. And it's not because we have a sudden rise in the criminal class, which is exactly what the this deep state cabal would want you to believe it's because they are having to make choices between food and rent. But with that come other needs, children, there's too many children that are not going to have enough heat for this winter. They're not going to have, they're not going to have clean linens to sleep on. These are things that we can directly affect in families. So reach out to your communities. I'd highly encourage you to look at my pillow as a source to help families and help people in need. And if you need stuff yourself, obviously do that. And as I've said many times already, and I want to reinforce this, as part of the board's board, as part of the Bard's Nation family, if you're in need of food or you're in need of help in your household, ask for help. Be humble. We're a family. We need to stay together and we need to work together and we need to look out for one another. And as needs come up, we will do the best we can to support you and do what we can. So remember, this is a part, you're part of something bigger here than just an online community or just a podcast. 
And for those of you that don't listen live in the in the uh, on the Podbean, um, where we have live chat, um, you can link up with us. Either come to the live chat on Podbean, or you go to our Telegram rooms and check in there, and just uh, and become part of the community. It's really important. We're in a. I, I have a song before we start tonight. One minutes and twenty two seconds. It's it just seems so fitting <laughs> for everything that's going on today. Here we go. It's a beautiful world we live in. A sweet romantic place. Beautiful people everywhere. The way they show they care makes me want to say. Feel better already? I like the way they comb their hair. Oh, yes. It's a wonderful place. What a fun place. It's a wonderful place. Yes, it is. Of course. Of course. Especially if you were voting today in Maricopa County. There you go. That was dedicated to Maricopa County, where they learned what it was like to be in a third world nation where votes are not allowed. That was wonderful. Yes. So, yep. This is, uh, that was a little Devo, a flash from the past. What a wonderful world. One of my more tongue-in-cheek tunes I love to play when everything goes wrong, like kind of today. Of course, you're not going to hear that. Everyone's going to tell you it's a red wave. It's a red wave. It's like, all right, whatever. Sounds like a great thing. You know, it's, it's the trick they played in Maricopa County is just absolutely, excuse me for saying this, but a brilliant play of how to destroy the vote. And this is what they did there. They suddenly, basically every precinct in the area went, had about a fifth of its machines go down and they couldn't, they were having trouble apparently printing out the ballots. And so the, the precincts were calling the tech team that wouldn't answer their phone until suddenly the tech team announced it had the solution like two hours before polls closed, which was great. What a great way to suppress the vote. Nice job, deep state. Congratulations on taking us and screwing us once again. The, the biggest part about this whole vote that really gets under my skin is Whatever and whoever is in the middle of this, trying to get America back, we have been played twice now in a big way. So the first one was 2020 when we were literally guaranteed that the vote was secure. And that proved to be a lie. Either that or the deep state was so massively brilliant and so much superior to the Q team and White Hats that they got outplayed and the, and the vote was stolen from underneath their 
massive control hands. I doubt that. The other time that we've been massively played was now. And it's not that we didn't see some wins because there's plenty of wins and you're going to hear this all week long. But there's a lot of issues around what this win really looks like because the first thing I'm going to point out, and it's an important foundation that we have to start embracing, I'm looking for the candidate that's going to thank God for their victory. We will see what happens. But I will almost guarantee you that the majority of them will not. It'll be a second thought like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Let me thank God for this. I mean, we're not going to see that hum- humbleness and that humility before God for those that win, won, which means that we already have the wrong orientation in office for most of these places, okay? So someone just said Ted Cruz will thank God. Maybe, and I'll, I'll see what happens. But Ted Cruz, I don't think, was running this time. I could be wrong. Maybe he is. Beto lost. But, you know, the difference between Beto and Abbott is kind of like what dirty diaper do you want to wear? I think Beto's is a dirtier diaper than Abbott, but nonetheless, they're both dirty. And so this is kind of, um, we just don't have very many politicians that are willing to put their faith in God out there to say, this is how I won. That's a very important piece in leadership. And they're not going to thank God, most of them. And I'm whoever is, I like I said, I haven't heard them. I'm not saying they aren't, but I'm still waiting to see how many of those are going to line up with that. Now, it is interesting that suddenly Q has become pragmatic and obvious. We read the Q from last night which I read earlier today. And I, I think if you weren't on, just for the sake of, I still, let me see if I still have it up. I don't think I do. Um, I did read it today to Barnum and Bailey Circus Music <laughs> just because we are in a clown show. But we had the cue drop that basically ended with white hats have secured many systems, but problems still remain. You have all the tools you need, vote. Well, we did vote. We've seen how many problems still remain, many. The question is, what tools do we have? And ultimately, that comes down to our local area and taking action locally, being active locally. But the wars are being waged locally. I just give you an example. In Oregon, they passed a law to legalize and I, I want to say it's cybercillin. It's it's the drug that's in psychedelic mushrooms. So anything that contains it, which includes LSD, is now legal. If the city or the county approves it, it's legal to sell. So in on this is my small town, Southern Oregon. I don't know. I am imagining it's they had to have so many signatures to get this damn thing on the ballot. I don't know how they did this. And it very much concerns me because we have a big cartel influence in my county. But the war is being waged to destroy this red county. And they, they aren't doing it politically with the people, but they aren't with the representatives, but they have now found a foothold in here. They found two. The first one was the COVID money, which helped corrupt the schools and to get the counties to the county to agree to building homeless apartments on the outside of the city. Some people are gonna say, well, that's okay. It's not okay because it's starting to be in a magnet to bring tons of homeless into the county. And that's the first step of degrading a county. 
And then the next step is that now they had two measures of the same thing on this ballot. One was for the city and one was for the county to legalize this drug ability so that they could sell LSD and they can sell cyber psychedelic mushrooms here locally in the county. I, I'm telling you, the wars are not continuing, aren't, aren't stopping. And this is where I keep saying that we're, we haven't even really got into the worst of it yet. I, I really hate to say this, but this is time for a heavy-handed judgment by God to where we do know that there's scarcity coming, and it's important to start looking at that. The latest cue that came out today, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's if you haven't figured this out, here you go. This doesn't need a decode, by the way. I think it speaks for itself. Endless lies, endless wars, endless inflation, endless printing, which is a reference to money, endless oppression or printing or even endless printing relating to ballots, endless oppression, endless subjugation, endless surveillance. I'll have to tell you that's the first time I think I've seen Q mention surveillance as something that's over the top and it needs to be mentioned. Who will put an end to the endless taking control Q. Well, we'll see what that means. I have no idea what that last means. And I'm not going to do the, oh, the White Hats are launching the military to take over the nation. Not going to do that one. But I do want to point out some things here because this is a time when I truly believe that we are under a form of judgment as a nation. And part of the judgment is that people ultimately are going to have to face consequences for the actions they've taken and the decisions they've made. Our government is now a representative of the body of Christ, whether we like that or not. And our churches that are now standing up need to get more vocal because of the, what we are seeing in the way we teach faith is also a representative of the body of Christ. Nations shall be judged, and we are being judged. And that means we have to get more vocal and we have to get more active in our communities to steer our communities back. This nonsense of a national election, the stuff for the national elections, really makes no difference. We cannot control the lobbyists, the corporate interests, the unlimited printing press money that they dump into people, the blackmail techniques they use, or the luring, because many of these people that go into politics, they may look just fine, but they're going there Many of them are going there not because they have a good heart, but because they have a desire of something. You know, one of the reasons that money is so dangerous is that what money does is it amplifies the impurity of the heart. So when people are given money and suddenly they're like buying stuff for themselves or doing crazy things, all that has happened with that money is that even though they may have spoken good intentions, their impurity of their heart, which ultimately means that even if they've, even if the people have said they've accepted Jesus, they haven't been reborn in the body of Christ, and they've they've let those pieces of their old continue, which are corrupt and deceitful and sinful, and they are now being influenced by one of the greatest powers of influence ever created, which is the Babylonian control mechanism known as money, in particular the U.S. dollar which in itself has no value, but it has a, mag a magic value because people literally worship it and hoard it even though it has zero value in the world. It's just paper. And it's all built on a worship and it's all built on an obsession to have more and to continue to accumulate more. 
So there's an article that is was up yesterday. No, I'm sorry, correction. It came up today. It, did, it was November 8th. It's an interesting article. I'm going to read part of it to you. And I think it's timely because this is where we're headed now. The election is over. There's been a lot of manipulation to get votes. Sadly, as many of, even though we're seeing wins, you still have to keep in mind that there were many people that voted for Democrats. I don't care whether you voted Democrat or Republican, but unfortunately the Democrat party at this point in time does not represent the betterment of humanity. It represents a party of giving away free junk, living itself around a a worship of a fake science known as climate science. It believes in controlling everybody's lives. It makes the promises that women should abort babies if they choose, even if it's late term. It is standing on the principles that everyone needs to have a Tesla or some version of an electric car. Tesla's probably fallen off their radar lately since they're all, they're all upset because Elon Musk has bought Twitter, but that's not a good thing necessarily. And they are obsessed with the idea that we're all going to be on renewables and electric energy and all this garbage. No consequence of anything else. They don't care. And that they're going to live off of bugs as protein and they're going to live off of genetically modified food that's grown in vertical agriculture plants sitting in the cities. That's the 2023 agenda or 2030 agenda, excuse me. All of this they're obsessed with. And these are the same people as they seek out a UBI, universal basic income, and healthcare as a as a human right. These are the same, and healthcare driven by our pharmaceutical companies, the same ones that injected us. These are the same people that migrated over some of these people have migrated over to vote Republican. So I'm not really sure who wins in this election because the Democrats are still the Democrats and the Democrats that came over to Republicans are still Democrats. They're just not wanting to be associated with the Democrats. Don't think there's been some great conversion because I don't believe there has, not yet anyway. And there's no evidence to suggest otherwise, other than the fact that they don't like what they see and they want to get into some place where they feel there's more opportunity But just like those that left California to go to Austin, go to Austin and see what they've done because it's a massive pit. It's becoming another Portland, Oregon. So let me read this about the shortages. And I say this because I want you to keep this in mind in the context of what we talked about the other night with Edward Dowd or Ed Dowd, who is the former BlackRock senior managing partner who had analyzed the deaths of the millennial class, which is gutting a lot of our labor pool. And it's taking out a lot of the working class in this nation. We also have the announcement today that there's the CDC has records that they've been demanded to release to the public that established that 18 million Americans have been damaged by this vax. That's an enormous amount. And those people, all of those documentations are those that have gone to the hospital. It doesn't even include those that are damaged and sitting quietly and suffering. And it does not account. It doesn't have the numerations of how many died. Our society has been radically changed. It's this is a point of judgment that we're facing. And there's consequences that we're all going to face. And one of those is shortages. So let me begin this article. It says, do you remember in early 2020 when they told us that the shortages that were, we were experiencing would just be temporary? Of course, some of them were, but then the more shortages just kept on uh, erupting. That wasn't supposed to happen, and now it appears that our supply chain problems could potentially get a whole lot worse. In just a few short months, we will be three years away from the beginning of the pandemic in the United States. But instead of a return to normal, 
More shortages are on the way, and in some cases, they could even be life-threatening. Let me give you an example. This is the article continuing. We need amoxicillin to treat some of the most common infections that our children experience. Unfortunately, the FDA is warning us that there are, they are now facing a very serious shortage of amoxicillin. Ear infections and strep throat, both are common childhood illness, illnesses for which the go-to prescription is the su- short supply, according to a recent nationwide alert from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The warning specifically involves the powder which pharmacists use to mix amoxicillin for childhood infections. This is a really big deal. The article continues, according to one recent survey, close to two-thirds of the pharmacies in the nation are having difficulty getting amoxicillin right now, and the national shortage of Adderall is even worse. Nearly 66%, interesting number, in near, nearly 66% of pharmacies are having challenges obtaining amoxicillin, according to the new National Community Pharmacist Association, NCPA, survey of 8,000 pharmacy owners and managers, whereas 89% are realizing a shortage of Adderall. Of course, we are dealing with lots of other drugs shortages in this moment as well. In fact, according to the official FDA drug shortage, there are nationwide shortages of a whopping 183 different drugs in the United States right now. My note here is, interestingly, there's no shortage of the VAX and the mRNA backs, and no shortage of the flu, and no shortage of their interest to mix the mRNA and the flu vax. So that should tell you something about their agenda and what we're facing as a nation. So it goes down this list, and so here's some other things that we need to be looking at. Um, it says, so if you think things are bad now, just wait until war with China erupts. Once this happens, all pharmacy, our pharmacies will get empty and entire health care system will experience a historic meltdown. Now, this was warned to us. We've known this. It's been talked about for two years if you've been on this channel. But the Edward Dowd, the latest voice on this, has stated clearly that the hospital system is going to completely implode. Now, I just want you to start putting this in context of a society. We can talk all day about our alternative cures and medicines, but the fact of the matter is that we are still a society dependent upon a corporatized health medical system that's based on a based on pharmacia, which is the evil dark magic, and it is designed around keeping people sick. That may be the case, but nonetheless, that is the system we have. The majority of people in the United States still rely on drugs that come from that system. Most people are not aware of alternative medicines and don't really know even where to begin. We are looking in the short term of a complete and total eruption, collapse of the hospital and medical system, both from the drug point of view and from the staffing point of view because of the consequences of the vax. This is not something that is to be... uh, considered a conspiracy, it is literally happening before our very eyes. So I go back to today's vote. None of this is being discussed, and there's not a person in Congress is prepared to deal with that reality. It's coming like a freight train. The next is, we are, here's a, a comment here. One business owner in San Francisco recently stated that it is like pulling teeth trying to get turkeys from the companies at this stage. 
USD, here's another one. The USDA is urging consumers not to panic buy butter so that there will be enough to go around for everyone. Even supplies of diesel fuel are so tight that one big player in the industry just issued a major alert. I believe that's Love's Truck Stop. And the alert read this. A major fuel supply and logistics company is raising red flags on upcoming diesel shortages. Oh, here it is. Mainsfield Energy issued the alert Friday stating that there was a developing diesel fuel shortages in the southern region of the United States. The company speculated that the shortage could be generated from a poor pipeline shipping economies and historically low supply of diesel reserves. And, of course, a lot of these reserves came from Russia, which we've now cut off of our supply chain effectively. The bottom line is really said in this article here, which is for decades we have been able to rely on our supply chains to continuously fill our stores with mountains of cheap goods, but now our supply chains are breaking down. If you listen to the Edward Dowd interview, what you heard is it's not breaking down because of some magical event or because some deal with COVID. It's breaking down because people and labor that are needed to run these things are either dead or they are being disabled by the vax. They don't have the manpower and they don't have the technologies to fill the gap. This article concludes with, in fact, our entire economic system is breaking down and most people are completely and utterly unprepared for the difficult times that are coming. I know that many of you have been potentially waiting for a long time for life to return to normal. Sadly, that isn't going to happen. The incredibly bad decisions that our leaders have been making are now catching up with us in a major way and a great deal of pain is ahead. Those words alone should resonate to exactly why they wanted everybody to vote because they don't want you paying attention to what is literally coming our way. They don't have an answer. Hear me again. They don't have an answer. And we, don't, we aren't as a nation strong enough in our faith yet to be able to turn to God and to find that answer. There is a strong remnant. And there is a remnant that's growing in churches that are, are finally waking up and some that have been awake. And there's a remnant here and in other communities online. Never before has our mission and our relationship to God been so important, and it really is now. So when we talk, as I say every night at the end of the show, we are, we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. Those aren't words said lightly. Our nation is coming to a judgment of a big way, and it's our nation that will then affect the world. What goes on is they say many times, if we get a sneeze, the world catches the flu. We are a ripple effect across the globe. And as mighty as you may hear people talk about how big the Chinese economy is or Russia's, no economy is stronger and no people are more resilient than Americans. But the entire function of these last two years, including this election and the nonsense going into it, has been to wear Americans down and to break their will. When, you're, when those who are walking with God understand that, our strength gets mightier in him. And we're able to walk through this and keep ourselves separated from this literal clown show that's going on around us. But this is very serious times. And we are facing some major crises that are, pushing, are going to push people to the limit. I hope I'm wrong when I say this. 
I was wrong apparently recently because I told you President Trump, in my opinion, might get arrested. Apparently that didn't happen. It hasn't happened yet. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's seldom that I make forward projections like that. But it seemed like a likely outcome. This is another one of these that I hope I'm wrong on. Because as you recall, I hoped I was wrong on Trump and hopefully I'm right that I am wrong. (laughs) How's that? But I hope that I'm wrong, that the word famine and starvation will become part of our lexicon in this nation. I hope I'm wrong, patriots. I do not want to see people starve. I do not want to see people suffer from famine. But here's the reality. It's already begun. And it's beginning in the cities. It's beginning in the places where people are having to choose between food and rent. That's here now. That's not a future projection. It's here now. And those numbers are increasing. And it's going to get worse. The dollar's imploding. It's losing its value almost by the day. And it's not showing up because of all the games that they're playing in the statistics. But the fact of the matter is that as the Saudi as Saudis are pivoting away from the petrodollar and doing it with, petro, with uh, the oil conglomerate that they've set up, OPEC Plus, we are now seeing that the dollar has no backing or no common acceptance. Countries around the world are trying their hardest to step away from the dollar and not be part of its its horrible hegemony of control. When you're looking at bioweapons labs around the world, if you're wondering why we have so many, Ukraine, Taiwan are two big examples, but we have bioweapons labs around the world. Think in terms of blackmail and forcing countries to comply with the dollar. We've held a heavy hammer around the world, and there's no love for the deep state that has run our Washington, D.C., our Pentagon, and our military strategies across this world. There will be no love when they see us fall because they won't care. We've done it to them. All this comes down to the principal issue of us. We as a people have to start walking a different path. It can't be the path where we're looking to government to fix our problems or thinking that a vote's going to have a major difference because it won't. And it won't because these people that are going into power, even the new ones that are going into power with few exceptions are going to be more interested in their career in setting themselves up to have a future in Congress than to truly serving the people and doing what's right. I'm sorry to say that, but that's just the way it goes with where we are in the moral bankruptcy of this nation. The real change in this nation is going to come from us and it's going to be on the ground and it's going to be in the way that we live. That isn't going to be just us talking about Jesus. It's not going to be talking. It's not us just going door to door, knocking and saying, hey, can I give you a Bible, read you scripture, tell you that you need to come to Jesus or you're going to hell, whatever you decide to do. This is about literally walking and living our faith. This is about now truly embracing when God says, love thy neighbor. This is about us seeing people from where, not where we want them to be, but where they are. And as we meet them where we are, show them the kindness and love that Jesus would expect us to show and lead them to the kingdom through those actions. Never has this been more important than now. Our nation is not prepared for the crises that's upon it. We are being squeezed in a way by global powers that hate what we represent. They hate us because they don't want us to ever again rise up and believe in things like liberty, freedom, 
freedom of speech, the right to bear arms. They don't want that again because it's too much of a threat to their hegemonic power and empires that they've built over centuries. And we've been a craw, a stick in their craw the whole time because they have not been able to destroy us. And they really do think still that they've got us on the ropes. I can't tell you who to trust anymore in terms of the political sphere. And I mean that universally because I'm so disgusted by the leadership that I've seen on all sides because in the time when we need most leadership, forgetting about politics and speaking about our faith and talking about the importance of the basics of how to take care of every single American and speaking to the most common denominator about the principles of being aware of food and being aware of fuel and being wise and working together and worshiping and putting our worship back where it needs to be, our eyes on the cross, our love in Jesus to the great, to our Father. We don't hear that out of the political realm. We hear instead about the finger pointing about who's wrong. This, this party did that. This party did that. This person did that. This person did that. That's the nonsense that keeps people distracted and unfortunately wrapped in some sort of, in some sort of ridiculous debate. It's like literally reading the, the National Enquirer every day and it's living and alive in our politics and it's very much alive tonight on the mainstream media announcing these elections because they're playing the same games that they did in 2020 and nothing's changed. But what does change is when we make a commitment in our lives to truly live what Jesus asked us to do and to truly start looking to help our neighbors. I started out tonight's podcast promoting with a promotion for, for my pillow, but I hope you heard what I said. I don't care if you choose my pillow, if you choose a chainsaw company like I did the other day, if you choose a Valvoline oil chain spot, if you choose a farmer's market, if you choose a little shop in your town, if you choose an online store. But find something. Find something that you can do to give to people and to keep alive and well and powerful in your life, the heart of a cheerful giver, because we need that now more than ever. As a nation, when people are going to reel back both in anger and fear with these elections, because it's going to happen, we need to be reminded that, that those emotions are being in, engineered and manipulated by the power elite. Both parties are feeding off of this because we are in the middle of a war between them, not between us. And we are the pawns on the board. And they don't care in the end of the day really what happens to us. They'll tell you they do, but they really don't because what they care most about is their power, their wealth, their empires, that they're preserved. And while some may speak more to the people than others at the end of the day, don't forget that each gets votes that are real because each American hears different things that they are going to get for themselves. It's a very sad state of affairs right now. And we're very divided because of it. What unifies us is our eyes on Jesus and our eyes through Jesus to our Father. What unifies us is this powerful understanding that Father God wants all of his children home. And that also humbles us. Because as dark as it may seem when we're dealing with people, we have to remember that even the most broken, when they accept Jesus, is welcome to the kingdom. I've mentioned glad tidings before and several times, but I want to highlight something here because of what was so transformational for me. When I spent the week at the men's camp and at the church several weeks ago, when I began to understand what was going on there, it was massively 
impactive on me. I have made close connections now with men that have done hard time in prison. Crimes that many of us may cringe at. But here's the most amazing thing. That in the body of the church when it assembles, those people are sitting with family, with people that are bringing in their children because they're all part of one body in Christ. And why is that? Because they have truly released themselves from the bondage of their past and accepted Christ fully as their Savior. It's a humbling reminder of where we should be as a nation and where we can be if we open our hearts and minds to such a thing. Letting Father God work through us and be the examples for people to be inspired by the excitement and the adventure of bringing Jesus into our lives. Jesus should be the greatest adventure walk one could ever have. When you talk about climbing Everest and someone says, man, I climbed Everest, it should interest you, but there should be nothing that compares to the excitement and the adventure which you can express in your love and the excitement you have in walking with Jesus. It should be that powerful in your life. And if it isn't, then ask and seek. Because it is that consuming and that wonderful and that absolutely passionate. And as a nation, if we put all of our emphasis there instead of on this nonsense that's going on tonight and every other night of crazy news, we would start to find a revitalization of the true passion of what it is to be an American Christian patriot because it's powerful. And we would begin to heal. And in that space, we would begin to be receiving the blessings from God to solve many of the problems that we face. All of our solutions are found through God. We can get through this time, and it's going to be a difficult time ahead. There's no stopping that train. It's already left the station, and we're on it. And no matter what our politicians do in this new wave of red, especially, we're not going to see anything major happen. They're already saying what they're going to do when they first get into office. They're going to open up endless investigations into the Hunter laptop, into the Biden family, and all this stuff that will consume people online endlessly so they can talk nonsense and stuff that makes no difference in their daily lives every single day and build big empires on the web. And at the end, they're not going to solve critical problems, which we all face. The cost of living is still increasing. There's 10 million houses right now ready to fall into what's called short sale. That means a step before foreclosure, and that does not count the houses that are already in foreclosure. 10 million households that are going to hit short sale that typically mean that somebody lives in them, that means 10 million people or families that are being expelled. That's a huge hit. This is desperation in economy, and it's happening all around us. Food shortages are real. Trucking problems with lack of diesel fuel is real. Increase in diesel fuel costs cause a direct impact on the cost of goods in the market, and that doesn't hit right away. That starts to hit next fall. And as the cost of grain goes up, so does the cost of of beef. And as the cost of transporting beef to the market goes up, it begins to become something people can't afford. Starvation becomes a very real future in this nation. And it's sad. But it doesn't have to happen. If we start working together in communities, if we start reaching out and truly loving thy neighbor and being truly that Christian brother, We are going to begin to find out the true power of love and kingdom in our lives. It's not easy. 
And I know there's a lot of grinding still going on about this vax and people who took it and didn't take it. Look, in one way or another, we are entirely all victims of an agenda that was put down by a, a horrific government backed by almost every politician done by corporations and mandated by corporate heads. They're your criminals. But right now, we've got to find a way to help one another, to heal the wounds, bridge, build the bridges between one another, and start having common dialogues. Some of the best conversations I've heard today, inspiring, is the fact that in the lines by watchers, what, of poll watchers, what they were hearing is people having these conversations. Very few people were wearing masks. Most people were being very awake and aware of the threat that we were being faced with by our own government. So we can choose to pick up arms and overthrow this government because that is our right and duty in the Declaration of Independence, or we can choose to trust in Almighty God to lead us in the proper way with the power of love and Jesus in our heart to overthrow this government the same, but to do it with kindness and love with our neighbor. I choose that route because I've walked the route of violence and death in battlefields. I've put my foot literally in the pile of goo that was a human body. And I choose not to see that on my soil if I can prevent it. Because I know through the power of love and the power of Christ within me, no matter how difficult the obstacle is before me, that I can overcome that mountain. And with prayer, I can reach people deep in their hearts unlike anything that they've ever imagined. That I can share that love in Jesus and I can literally bring the most mighty down to their knees to cry with me in prayer and to accept the Lord into their heart and to transform them before me. That is the power of Jesus. That is the power of the mighty Lord which we serve, the one God, the true God, the God of hosts. It is the God that rules this world. But this earth is given to us for we, for we are the sons of God, the mighty men of God, the mighty women of God who have been given the entrusting task to rule this earth. Obviously, our Lord is Jesus. So patriots, in this difficult time, begin with a plan. The plan begins with how you can reach out to somebody to make a small difference in their lives. The heart of a, of a very beautiful and willing giver. Because that's what God asks us to be. And if you're in need, be humbled. You won't be judged. If you need something, reach out to this family and we'll do what we can to help. But it begins a process of us working together. It begins a process of us healing deep wounds. It begins a process of us starting to step away from this insanity of political division and this nonsense of bipolar hatred. I'm not telling you that every person can be brought to the love of Jesus. But I can tell you that God can do anything. He can overcome anything. And if we truly believe in him, we have all the tools ever needed. Matter of fact, we're over-equipped to defeat this enemy. The problem is we just don't believe it. The power of the Holy Spirit is within us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, anything is achievable. Any enemy shall become broken before the foot of Christ. We are given those tools. We have dominion. We have the right to do greater works than he. Not the right, but we are told that that's our gift and what we are blessed with. But it always comes down to these simple things. 
Do we truly trust in God? And do we truly believe? I do. And I challenge each and every one of you to do the same. Politics, whatever. The election results will be debated for days, if not weeks. Some of this will end up in court for months. There's going to be finger pointing. There's going to be investigation. There's going to be endless nonsense in the press. None of that will solve the fundamental problems of where we go as a society. The ones that can do that are us. Embrace the gifts that Christ has given us. Embrace this glorious walk that we have. Let us put our eyes on Jesus. Let us put our truly full trust and love in God before us. And let him guide us and have the the will and the humility to have a heart of a cheerful giver. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight thankful for all that we have and all that we're blessed with. And Father, this is, this is a tremendous time and an opportunity that you've given us if we can have eyes to see. Father God, this time, this day, so many people have not put their eyes on you, but instead put their eyes on election systems built by the hand, corrupted hand of men. Forgive us as a nation for turning away from you at a critical moment. But hear our prayers as a remnant that we sit tonight humbly before you. Hear our heart. We pray for the repentance of this nation. We pray for the mercy of this nation, Father. And we pray that we can hear that power of the the tremendous power that comes through the heart of a cheerful giver. Never before has a nation needed so much people to humble themselves before you and to honestly start caring about their neighbor. Never before have we seen such a moment in time as this that where a single nation can lead the world. So, Father, hear us, please. We have stumbled, we have wandered, we have skewed away at critical times, but there is a core of people here, Father, whose hearts just cry out to you. And in that moment, you know our heart. You know how much we love this nation. You know how much we love you. And we know how much we you know how much we need you. So in this mighty moment that we face, a choice of paths to choose that which takes us to the wide gate and to our own destruction as we step away from you and walk that wild zoo of politics and accusation and hatred and lies. We choose to walk the narrow path, the one that forgives, the one that loves our neighbor, the one that seeks to have the heart of the cheerful giver, the one that truly understands that in the passion of Christ and the body of Christ that we can heal this nation with a sword mightier than any sword ever forged in steel. For it is the forged sword of the Spirit, Lord, that we carry. For you have equipped us with greater tools than we could possibly imagine to overcome and conquer this evil. All we have to do is truly believe and trust in you. And so we do And we extend to you, Father, this evening, all of our heart and soul before you. And we say, Father, 
here we are. Send me, send us. I say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. An amazing time to be alive, an amazing time to be at a crossroads of choice where we can choose before us very clearly what path we choose to take. There is no question that there are things like righteous anger flowing. There is no question that there is evil. All I'm challenging you to do is to seek deeply within Father to find that peace in your heart, the forgiveness that takes the weight of the hatred and the weight of the anxiety and the weight of the fears away from you so that you stand mighty in the kingdom, that you put the true trust in the Lord within you, and you begin to truly trust in all that he's given each of you and each of us to conquer this evil through the most mighty weapon ever devised in the universe. It's the love that God gives through the eyes that he sees and the ears that he hears and the forgiveness that he provides that is so grand and so massive that entire worlds will fall to their knees before him. Patriots were part of him and part of that. And when you think about how great that is, and you think about the idea of being mighty men and women of God, he's telling us how great a power he has given us if all we do is forgive and love. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And God always wins. But he has us here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ because we are at war. But we are at a spiritual war. So occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, and keep that mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
chasing mountains I can't climb. Holding out for heroes in the night. I find myself here in the dark. We learn to fight and learn who we are. But I am raised up to face the stars full of light. And we are. Out of my mind.